final hour of the Bill Michaels Show, and we are broadcasting live at the Wisconsin State Fair. Brewers are in action against Pittsburgh. Packers on the practice field in Green Bay. We are here today, here tomorrow, then heading out to Sturgis, South Dakota, where we will be uh, bringing you the program poolside at uh, the Full Throttle Saloon. Coming up on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week, we have uh, preseason football next week as well. But uh, a lot of discussion about where the Green Bay Packers are and can they get to a Super Bowl, can they win the North. Very quietly, many are talking about this Minnesota Vikings team having weaponry, some pleasant surprises in camp. You've got a new regime, a new enthusiasm. To talk more about it, joining us on the hotline, good friend, our uh, buddy, longtime voice of the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Allen is here. Paul, how you doing, pal? I've got a couple of things for you, Billy. Uh, first and foremost, the uh, the free show that uh, Ben and I just had involving college football and life in general. Uh, probably would have won a Marconi. And um, <laughs> secondly, uh, uh, thank you for Zantigos. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's in Bloomington, uh, which means it's about 12 minutes from where I live. And, awesome. um, I, you know, I'd heard of it, but I'd never been to it uh, until you were on my radio show a month and change ago here at KFAN. And um, so I've been there quite frequently. I think I've spent $444 uh, since we last spoke at Zantigo's. And it's real deal. I mean, you oh, absolutely yeah. nailed it, brother. Thank you, sir. And you know what? It's it's funny because when I come to town, it's usually we head to Manny's with Paul Charchian. Uh, now we might have to get charged to spend that kind of money on you and me over at Zantigo's. I think that's what we do. That'll be fantastic. Well, yeah, you know, if the economy <laughs> keeps going the way it is, he's probably, you know, it's going to be, I'd love to take you guys to Manny's, but we have to go to Zantigo's until this <laughs> awful economy turns around ever. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, Paul, listen, I, I know that Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and they may not have as many weapons or no Devontae Adams, but they got better defensively, and everybody just thinks this team's going to roll. Uh, but I hear a lot of rumblings that the Vikings are real. They fixed uh, the defense to a certain extent. There's some surprises in camp. We know Kirk Cousins is an accurate passer, and he had really, really solid numbers for the majority of last season. People are talking about this Vikings team possibly being a contender for the top spot in the NFC North. Do you see it? Uh, I do see it, but simply because, and, and you can certainly dispute it if I'm off base here, is is I think Green Bay is more vulnerable in certain areas than they've been in X amount of years. And and that a lot of that obviously has to do with uh, the left tackle situation. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, uh, with Yash Neiman, and, and I think he's good, and, and they can like him as much as they do, but, but Bakhtiari's not on the roster if they didn't want to use him. So, you know, you can read between the lines there a little bit, at least I do. Uh, then obviously, you know, when you lose your bailout guy, that there's going to be an adjustment. And, and, you know, Devontae Adams, for my taste, is the best receiver in the NFL. And when you lose that, and not only did you lose the high-ender, but you lost the bailout guy. Now, when it comes to when it comes to Packers-Vikings, in my 20 years of calling Vikings football, there has not been a player to murder the Minnesota Vikings consistently the way Devontae Adams did. Uh, it just was every single game. You, you could just count on it. Uh, so that's going to play into it, too. The Lions are going to be better. I think the Bears run last in the division. Uh, but from a Viking standpoint, you know, it's difficult to prognosticate, Bill, because it's a redo here but it's a redo with talent. 
And and the fact that their first-round left tackle, Christian Derrissaw, wasn't even practicing this time last year. And then when I'm watching one-on-ones against Darius Smith and, and Daniil Hunter, that they're having trouble getting around him. So, so Derrissaw has really, really jumped up. And as you guys would know, whether it was uh, from Chad Clifton over to the right tackle, uh, with Bakhtiari over to uh, Balu- uh, uh, Brian Balaga, when, 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 you, when you have a left and right tackle set, and, and the Vikings very well finally may have, may have that, well, you can do a lot of wonderful things behind that. So it's, I'm not going to grandstand and say the Vikings absolutely will win the division, but I think the division is more winnable than it's been in, say, five years. The, uh, you go back to the offensive line for a minute. Is there still a question or two at the center and the right tackle position? Uh, I mean, I know you talked about having solidified the tackle spot. Is it an open competition, or do you think it's pretty much been solidified to this point? I, you know, the, the, the center situation is interesting because Bradbury, a former first-round pick out of North Carolina State, they, uh, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Uh, so maybe the writing's on the wall. Um, Garrett does things better than the public gives him credit for, but there also are you know some situations where he's undersized and he gets pushed back by the Kenny Clarks of the world that everybody sees. So so maybe that's more open than I think. I don't think it is. the uh, the right The right guard situation, uh, Jesse Davis, a longtime Dolphin. You know he's a serviceable guy. All right, uh, but they drafted Ed Ingram from LSU in the second round. I gotta believe to give him a fair chance to start. Uh, well, I mean, he, he, he's, second, uh, he's second behind Davis now, and he has a chance to beat him with plenty of training camp remaining, but he hasn't beaten him yet. So, so really, whether it's the Dallas Cowboys offensive line when it was Ballyhooed, Green Bays when Bakhtiari, one of my favorite players in the NFL, he's just a stud. You know, when he's completely healthy, the center situation was good. Elton, Elton Jenkins is, is one of the better offensive linemen in the NFL, but everybody knows that. But there still are going to be spots where you got questions. It's just really difficult to have five studs at all five spots. So to actually say, Darisaw is practicing. He looks incredibly good. O'Neal is one of the better right tackles in the NFL in the first place. For us as we go here, that's a really, really good building block. Our left guard, Ezra Cleveland, also has gotten quite good. So, so that's a building block where it's not a conundrum like it generally is this time of the year. You mentioned uh, one of our guys, Zadarius Smith. I, I love Zadarius when he was here. I love seeing him when I was up in Minneapolis not that long ago and talking to him a little bit over at the mall. And, you know, when he's healthy, he can be a force. So you tell me, how has he looked? I see a lot of pictures of him on Instagram and such where he's talking about how great it is. But you tell me how he looks. Well, he looks terrific when, when he's out there getting full reps. Now, you know, with Daniil Hunter, Dalvin Cook, and Zadarius Smith, those are arguably, of course, we've got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks. I mean, we can go through all the good players on the team. But Hunter, Smith, and Dalvin Cook, um, they all have sustained injuries within the last one, two, or three years. And, and when those guys go down, it's Katie Barr, the proverbial door. And when we lost to Neil, we lost all of our pass rush. And with Zadarius, it's a back. Now, I've had Zadarius on my radio show several times, and, and what's he going to say? I mean, he, he says that everything is status quo. He, he knows how to handle it, knows how to treat it. But if Zadarius, if Zadarius, Daniil, and Dalvin miss more than a combined 
let's say, 10, 11, or 12 games, well, then that, that, that could throw things, uh, that could make things a miss. So that's going to be kind of a constant sweat the entire season, hoping those guys can stay healthy. But, you know, Zadarius and Daniil, maybe this was the case with, uh, with Preston Smith when those guys were together. They, they've just gotten very close. Uh, they have an identity with each other. And, um, and so far, so good. The, uh, the cornerback position, by the way, we're pa- talking to Paul Allen, longtime voice of the Minnesota Vikings. You can find him on Twitter at PA on the mic. Uh, the cornerback situation seems like you got a pretty good group of guys back there. I mean, Dantzler obviously is back there. You bring in Shannon Sullivan, still have Patrick Peterson, Booth and Evans were added to the mix. It seems like it's pretty deep. Yeah, I like Sullivan. Um, and, and, you know, in, in calling Vikings Packers and knowing how much or how little Shannon would play, uh, specifically when they drafted Stokes. And, and, you know, when Jair was healthy, you got Jair and whomever, but Stokes is going to be really good. Uh, Sullivan, he just did things in that 3-4 that, that I always thought were really interesting, even though he wouldn't get interceptions. Very smart guy. Just his, his angles and, and the, way, the way he plays things, just very impressive to me. Uh, but, you know, Patrick Peterson's right at the end of his career. Now, he's not as fast as he used to be, but he's very smart. And see, Patrick last year, our, our, our cornerback spot opposite him was so bad the entire year with Bashad Breeland, the former Packer, and then Cam Dantzler, who struggled, that there were times with Patrick, Bill, where I'm like, you know, I hope he brought a magazine because he needs something to do. Uh, they just, they never went to his side. Well, that's not going to be the case this year, so he's going to have to play. Uh, then you get uh, this, this rookie we got from Clemson, Andrew Booth, Jr., very, very smart, and he picked up things quickly. He, he was all ACC academic three years, and he's just a very smart guy, not only in real life, but in football. But he still has not ascended the depth chart to pass Dantzler. Cam has gotten better. Uh, but, see, the thing with Cam is really we're not going to know what we have in Cam, in my opinion. I ain't trying to be a coach. I'm just being factual here. Until we know if he can handle pressure, because there have been pressure moments in his career two years ago at Seattle, Sunday night football, fourth and ten, and if we stop it, we win the game, and we never win in Seattle. And and he just he loses the ball in the lights and got twisted up, and D.K. Metcalf caught it for a first down, and we lost the game. And last year at Detroit, he just freaked out on a golf pass to Armin Ross St. Brown, it back left to the end zone, and we lost the game. So there have been some pressure-filled moments. He just has not come through. So they drafted Booth to start him, uh, and and I think he will start when we play you guys. But as of now, he's second on the depth chart. I know that uh, one of the things uh, bugaboo-wise for the Green Bay Packers was their special teams. You guys actually had an extra kicker in camp, and then uh, jettison him. Uh, the Packers pick him up, jettison him. You got Greg Joseph, who's having an amazing camp. Special teams we very rarely talk about, unless, of course, they're bad. So give me your thoughts on the Viking special team side of things, because that's where a lot of teams going into the 2022-2023 season for the Green Bay Packers could have an edge if the Packers don't fix this. Right, and, and the fact that they're going to they're gonna go back with Joseph, um, our punter Jordan Berry, I think is underrated. And the long snapper Andrew DePaula has been around now X amount of years, like three, four years, and, and he's quite good. So it starts there. Now, when, when you, you know, you guys know this, man, when you, you got those Georgia kids and they're going to play and they're going to play a lot. Uh, but the question is, how much are they going to play on special teams? I can't answer that. When, when you draft guys, even college free agents who make the team, they make the team because they're good on special teams. 
And, and that's where the rubber's going to meet the road, man. I mean, we have this hybrid named Brian Asamoah from Oklahoma. It, if mm-hmm. you see him, physically speaking and how fast he is, he's unbelievable. But, I mean, who's he going to usurp on defense? It's not going to be Kendricks, Hicks, Smith, or Hunter. So he has to be a stud on special teams. Um, so all of that, again, this is a redo. Offensively and defensively, it's a redo with talent, special teams. Uh, our special teams coordinator, Ryan Ficken, is fantastic. But he left and went to the L.A. Chargers. So now we have a new special teams coordinator and a new assistant. I think it's going to go well. Uh, but, again, I need to see it. With a new head coach, Paul, uh, comes usually optimism. You get a little bit of a pep in your step. How has the addition with the new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, and his staff, how has that changed, we'll say, dynamics, mood, whatever you, whatever kind of adjective you want to put on it, how has that changed things in Minnesota? Honeymoon period is still very much in play, and um, there, there have been nuances and things of the intricate variety with training camp that are markedly different than anything I've seen over 20 years. And, and that would include the way they do walkthrough, whether it's behind the scenes or on the field. Uh, the, the, the fact that, like, walkthrough now is two and a half hours later than it's ever been, uh, again, from Tice through Childress, Frazier, and Zimmer. Um, and I like this because they do walkthrough around noon, and then they practice it too. So the retention from what they picked up and walked through, I just think that's a very subtle positive. Um, I think that's big, you know, but, but really until you, un, until you face conflict and until you face players complaining they're, they're not playing enough, uh, your perception of players who are nicked up, not pushing through injury, and you lose two in a row and you can't figure out why, until you face conflict, that the question is impossible to answer. Because it's, it, it, I'm not going to say there's an, an overwhelming amount of exuberance and joy right now because it's like a hundred degrees every day, and they just went back went to pads on Monday, so these guys are tired and they want to get to the preseason, then get to the season. Uh, but overall, the collaborative nature and the communicative uh, vibe that the Minnesota Vikings have at training camp has been very good. Paul, it's always great to talk to you, my friend. I certainly appreciate it. When I come to town, uh, Zantigo's is in our future. I'm glad I introduced it to you because it's been like a, a childhood favorite of mine, and uh, the burritos are on me, my friend. God bless you, Billy. Thanks for the conversation. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll chat soon. <laughs> All right, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Paul Allen, PA on the mic, over on Twitter, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, and Giving you kind of a very honest breakdown of the Minnesota Vikings. They've got a lot of optimism. You've got, you know, obviously, the, as he stated, the honeymoon period still going on with the new head coach. So a lot of things that are positive. But, again, we're not talking about anybody that's ever, you know, even suited up game-wise yet. Uh, to uh, Everybody's 0-0 zero and zero right now. So now you're just kind of waiting to see whether or not they're able to put that offensive line together. Their defense holds tight because they have weapons. They got a quarterback that can deliver the football. He hasn't won consistently in the postseason. They've got decent special teams. And a head coach that's given them a different vibe. Are they a threat? Absolutely, I think they're a threat. I don't think Chicago and Detroit are, but absolutely I think Minnesota is. And we'll see how this all plays out. Game one in Minnesota, as he had mentioned, over on September 11th. And we will be there to cover that game. Uh, let's do this. We are broadcasting live with the Wisconsin State Fair. Love this place. We're inside the Budweiser Pavilion in the Goose Island Ale House. This portion 
of the program. Brought to you by our good friends over there at Quick Trip. And uh, a buddy of mine came in a little while ago and said, hey, I heard you talking about Quick Trip. And he stops there all the time and tells me about all the different stuff. But that being said, uh, I, had, I told him, I said, Worthington, Minnesota is going to be uh, our last stop out of town when we talk about uh, Quick Trip because that's where the last one is as we head to Sturgis, South Dakota. So looking forward to it, going to be using Quick Trip. And Quick Trip is the official powering sponsor of uh, the Big Unit Cruiser that we are also going to be taking out there uh, this coming, uh, to, well, tomorrow, as a matter of fact. going to be leaving tomorrow, right after the program. But uh, I highly recommend using your quick rewards card. And every now and then something comes back, like a free cheeseburger, free hamburger, whatever it happens to be. Plus it earns you some really great uh, things in the store as well. So uh, make sure you stop and use our friends from Quick Trip. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Broadcasting live at the Wisconsin State Fair. We'll be back right after this. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock How we looking? Welcome back. Broadcasting live at the uh, Goose Island Ale House. We are inside the Budweiser Pavilion. Thanks to Paul Allen. Voice of the Minnesota Vikings, longtime voice of the Minnesota Vikings joining us. Great to get him on. Um, the uh, Well, a couple of things. First of all, uh, Brewers winning right now as I'm sitting here watching the game. Top of the sixth, Andrew McCutcheon just took a walk. And the Brewers are up 3-1, to one, so hopefully they hang on and salvage uh, a game out of this series. Who's going to blow After- it today? Should we put bets in? Oh, well, the positivity uh, of one Ben Kenny dripping through the microphone. So are you positive they're going to blow it today? Uh, I don't know if I want to say this being completely serious, so I guess I'm 60% serious here. Season's over. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, By the way, Colton Wong dropping down a sacrifice bunt rolled foul, but the fact that they attempted it, Season's over. Like it. They're bunting now. They've been listening to this program quite a bit. Uh, I will say this, Ben. The reaction to what's gone on with the Milwaukee Brewers, if you just take a poll from here at the Wisconsin State Fair, my God, are people pissed. It's not even like, you know, well, I'll wait and see how this works out or, you know, none of that. This is like, ah, I had one guy come up and throw his hands like on the glass in front of me go, God, to hell with them. They're not playing to win. To hell with them. And I'm Wow. It's not even like, you know, well, we'll wait and see. I hope this works out. None of that. It's just to hell with them, you know. So interesting stuff that uh, fans are really pissed off by what's going on regarding the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, my question is, does this affect the gate? Does it affect, I mean, once the Packers start, we always said, look, for a long time, uh, in this state, it was just let the Brewers re- be relevant till the Packers start up and then go from there. Now, it's this is a, a, a thought of a team with legitimate postseason hopes. They've done it four straight years. It's been consistent. And as a friend of mine last night said, you know, if, if they were being a Reds fan, he said, look, we'd love to beat you. At least you've got, you know, talent you've brought up. You, you've seen come to the forefront. You know, you got pitching, you got some decent bats. They went for it once. It didn't work out, and it's been a jettison fire sale ever since. And they are basically, short of Joey Votto, putting out a minor league team. 
right now in Cincinnati. Whereas the Brewers are relevant. They put their money where their mouth was with, with Christian Yelich, which it hasn't worked out to the power numbers, but nevertheless, they put their money where their mouth was there. They've cultivated some good talent in the minor league system. They brought it up via the pitching staff. Where they've needed pieces, they filled in admirably, you know, and they haven't done it stupidly with bad money. So, you know, I mean, you've had a couple of failures. You're going to have that. We all know that. Players don't work out. But they would love to be the Brewers. Where the Brewers fans are like, look, and I agree with them, getting to the postseason is great. Anything can happen. But, damn it, let's let's go for it. Let's do something. Let's, let's you know, add to this, you know. And, again, I know you got to do it within a budget. But how much do you think – this will affect the gate down the stretch. I see. I don't think it affects the gate. If the Brewers get a win today, and they come back home, and then they start to face one some decent teams in the division, okay, where you start to see a little bit of travel maybe, and then two, when you start to think about the possibility of winning the division, as the second half rolls on, uh, you know you got the Dodgers coming to town and Tampa Bay and St. Louis. Uh, Tampa Bay is the next. Uh, was it Cincinnati this weekend? Since there's the Cincinnati fans could give two blanks about that team. So nobody from Cincinnati really, I think, is coming to Milwaukee unless it's unless they're coming for the Wisconsin State Fair as well, and they're just happen to be in here this weekend. Tampa Bay travels nobody, so that means St. Louis, who travels well, and it's a big series between these two franchises. You would assume St. Louis fans are going to be here. Dodgers fans, there's always the big glitz and glam of L.A., so you're going to get some. Cubs fans after that at some point. Pittsburgh doesn't travel anybody. And then after that, you got San Francisco, no. Cincinnati, no. Uh, the Yankees, yeah, that, that series and that and the Mets, that, that'll be a big deal at American Family Field before you get St. Louis. And then you get four against Miami and three against Arizona to round out the season. Now, if the Brewers aren't winning, or at least in, in real contention and not only win the division but get deep into the postseason or you think that they're going to and play really good baseball, that Miami and Arizona series might be a snoozer. So how much does this affect the gate? I think they're going to make a lot up with the Yankees series, the Mets series. Uh, they've got what? They've got, I, I think, five games still against St. Louis uh, at American Family Field before the season ends. St. Louis fans are going to travel well. Cubs fans, as we all know, travel well, although most of them have given up on anything at this point other than just to come to the game to irritate the hell out of Brewers fans. The Dodgers fans will show up. Beyond that, who's coming to the game? So how much will that affect the gate if the Brewers aren't consistently winning and if there's this bad Paul right now cast over the organization? Uh, Bryant says, dang right it's going to affect the gate. Have tickets to one more game and don't plan on buying any more. Uh, all sites are on my Packers right now and going for it with Rodgers. Uh, this is from Jesse who says, uh, if they think they're getting my money after cutting costs with Hater, you've got another thing coming. I don't care how much this team wins. Uh, this is from Penny who says, uh, usually take my kids to a couple of games before they go back to school. Not going to happen. When they got rid of Josh, they got rid of my fandom. You know what, Penny, though? If you're a Brewers fan, you're a Brewers fan, unless you're just a Josh Hader fan. You'll, you'll end up coming back. I, I, I can't imagine anybody in this market that's a Brewers fan turning down, say, postseason tickets. I don't think it's going to be empty. Unless the Brewers absolutely positively limp into the postseason or back into the postseason. So I don't, I don't think it's going to be empty. So anyway, 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so again. 877-867-1670. Uh, and uh, last but not least, this is from uh, our, our friend Steve. 
who uh, who says, uh, hey, did you see Jackie Bradley Jr. DFA by the Red Sox? Great trade by David Stearns. We talked about that a little bit earlier. And, Steve, you're right. That trade turned out extremely well. Extremely well. Uh, in the meantime, uh, if it hadn't already become quite apparent over the last six weeks, as Dylan Carlson was scurrying back for catches near the wall and such for the Cardinals organization, the thought seemed more and more likely that Carlson played while replacing an injured 2021 Gold Glover Harrison Bader throughout June and July became more reality last weekend when uh, he was told directly by team president of baseball operations he would not be traded. They're, they hung on to him. They didn't get Juan Soto. Uh, you've got all of this questionable stuff going on down in St. Louis right now is they're not quite – because they, they thought they were going to get Soto. They thought they were in on all of that. They were looking for the blockbuster deal. And – they, they didn't get what they wanted. They still made a couple of moves, yeah, but they didn't get what they wanted. And the Cardinals are feeling like that franchise did not go all in, like they didn't do enough. They didn't do enough to get past the Brewers. So I'm just kind of reading a couple of things here right now, uh, looking at uh, the uh, Cardinals website and the Cardinals news and information. But they, uh, you know, addressed a couple of needs. They traded for the lefty starter, Jose Quintana, and Jordan Montgomery. They also snagged the right-handed reliever, Chris Stratton, to bolster their bullpen. Quintana, an 11-year Major League Baseball veteran, experienced a revival this season. Throw, And by the way, he's throwing an improved changeup, which we all know. But he's been a Brewer killer. So they feel they got better with arms, but they're still like the Brewers. They could have used another bat, and they didn't get it. So two teams kind of sitting in the same position. Now it's the stretch uh, stretch run and the race to the finish. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up to you live from the Wisconsin State Fair right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. We are glad you're here. Thanks for listening. Beautiful day. Watching people stride by just outside the door here at the Goose Island Ale House and the Budweiser Pavilion as the Wisconsin State Fair is underway. Awesome, awesome stuff. Hey, uh, two things. Uh, I just had a gentleman come up to me and ask me one of the weirdest questions I've ever been asked. I'll tell you what it is just coming up here in a moment, and I'll see how... Uh, you would answer it. Uh, but uh, today you got uh, the Live Tour, some of the players on the Live Tour. Ben, I know you're the Live Tour follower as to the saga that is. But uh, these guys, uh, Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, other golfers, they uh, are now suing the PGA, filing an antitrust lawsuit against the PGA Tour in addition they're seeking a temporary restraining order from a federal judge that would allow them to compete in the upcoming FedEx Cup playoffs. Now, the reason being is is that when you have points in the FedEx Cup, it means money. And by the PGA saying you are no longer allowed to be a part of this tour, they are seeking – because that's what they want is if, if the live tour becomes a, a ground for FedEx points in the FedEx championship – then they can still play in the live tour and still be relevant in the world rankings. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, 
pretty much. They want the Live Tour to be first to get world ranking points so they can actually play in majors and still play the Live. But they also want, whenever they want to, to go play the PGA Tour as well. So Correct. It's kind of hilarious. They're all suing the PGA Tour. What's the one thing they all said when they signed with Live? Oh, we get to play less. It's beautiful, all this family time. So now, not only will the Live soon be going to 20 or 17 events during the year, now we're going to sue the PGA so we could play more golf. Doesn't make much sense. Right? I, uh, I... I, I find this somewhat, I don't want to say comical, but it's almost like they know that this is, this is not going to be a long-term thing, so they're trying to hang on to some semblance that is the, uh, the PGA. I know they want to make the Live Tour part of the FedEx Cup or the FedEx Cup points uh, translate or transfer to them as well, but uh, I, I just I, I find it so interesting that this is what, they're trying to do so comical anyway, is a story, good word yeah I, I do find it somewhat comical that they're trying to hang on to uh, all of this they uh, also I, just, I don't know someone has to tell bryson dechambeau to shut up and just stop doing public appearances he was on a a news show the other night and he tried to equate his situation uh with being a customer at a pizza shop and then a better pizza shop opens but you still want to go to the old one too but the new pizza yeah. shop pays you more trying to equate being a customer to the PGA Tour. I don't know. Yeah. They just all look so dumb. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, I, I, I get what he's trying to say, but he, he's, he's not, it's not a Mensa meeting whenever he shows up. Just saying. Throwing it out there. Um, here's the question. So I'm sitting here during the commercial break, and a guy comes up and says, hi, you know, good to see you. They listen every day. They're out in lacrosse. Uh, which, by the way, was cool because he said he really enjoys Buzzard Billies. And I'm like, hey, sponsor, good to go. Thank you very much. He says, okay, question for you. And I said, okay, shoot. And I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, will they get Lamette back? You know, what's going on with Josh Hader? What can he, if he becomes a free agent, can the Brewers bring him back? I'm thinking all this different stuff that's been asked to me. And he says to me, if you were about to die today, what would you say? What would your last words be? What would you say? Man. I'm like, what? Now, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, this guy's going to kill me, you know. <laughs> but he just kind of smiled and walked away. He, it's an old Johnny Carson thing. So <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, you know, like, that, that, that's the question? If you knew you were about to expire, what would your last words be? Do you even know? Wow. I don't know. I don't know either. I haven't thought about it. I think it would it. depend on the circumstance. Yeah. You know? I, I think, first and foremost, it would depend on whether the Brewers make the playoffs. Like, if they completely collapse in the last couple months and I'm going to die before the playoffs start, I'd probably toss its obscenities towards Mark Adonacio and David Stearns. <laughs> but if all goes according to plan and they make the playoffs to then lose in the first round, I probably won't be as mad. So I, I haven't thought about it, and maybe that's yeah. a good thing. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I kept My first thought, i got to be honest with you, my first thought was Ebo, and his <laughs> words would be, uh, I didn't realize it was that much weight, you know, with his workout regimen. I beat myself. Um, I couldn't help yeah, it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I, I have no idea. 
If you were about to die, what would your last words be? What would what would be the last thing you'd say? I and he, he stumped me. I looked at him. I went, I, no idea. I guess it would depend on the circumstance, you know. I got to go take something. It would be holy crap! Didn't see that coming. Um, I. <laughs> I don't. You could always get into the the sentimental side of things. You know, here I come, mom and dad, or dogs, or whatever it is you have. Uh, I, no, I, no. You know, I didn't realize realize if you stuck something in there, it would kill me. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't know. I have to think about that. Bite me, Scott. Scott says, "Hold my beer. Watch this." Uh, you know, yeah, Matthew, how we looking? That you'd be right. How we looking? That'd be one direction to go. I agree. I, I don't know. That's a great question. Then again, maybe I, it, it depends if it's a slow death or a fast death. I guess if it's if it's you know, don't shoot. <laughs> you know, I I don't know. It, it, it's it's a fantastic question though. This one's called 90th birthday. There you go. 90th birthday. Thank you, Mike. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Uh, This funeral brought to you by, right? Yeah. First, a message (laughs) from our friends at Quick Trip. (laughs) Right? Do you want to avoid dying like this? Go to New Mail Medical. (laughs) New Mail couldn't help this? (laughs) That would be my T-shirt? You know, I can't believe I died before I spent my quick quick rewards. Because I'm dying, I, I never have to pay any interest for Pella Window. There you go. That's it. Uh, uh, or you could just say, uh, you know, my wake brought to you by Bud Light. The official beer sponsor of my death. Uh, I don't know. That's a great question, though. I uh, just I've, that completely threw me off. So when you talk to somebody today, wherever you go, ask them the question: If you were about to die, what would your last words be? And see if they have something really good and really woody to come up with. Got to think about it. You know, that's weird. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, and I remember there was a. Oh God, I can't remember who said it. Uh, go back years and years. This is an old, old, old reference, but. Uh, W.C. Fields, um, from years gone by, he was uh, very devout when it came to uh, anti-religion. And uh, the story goes that he was on his deathbed, and one of his friends walked in, and he's reading the Bible. And he had spoken out against the belief of, uh, of you know, gods and such all throughout his life. But he wanted the, the just-in-case scenario. And so when his friend walked in, he said, look, WC, you've never read the Bible. You don't even believe in God. Why in the world are you reading this now? And he said, just in case, I want to see if I could find a loophole. So, uh, that, which is incredibly witty, but I don't even know what the hell I would say. Uh, I started looking up last quotes. So I, I don't know. Anyway, I digress. We are broadcasting live. We're here at the Wisconsin State Fair. Thanks to all of our great friends out here for helping us along and uh, bringing us in, getting us out of here, our staff and management over here at the Budweiser Pavilion, the Goose Island Ale House. Going to step away, take a quick break, and come back. Don't forget, we've got a lot of great stuff coming up 
uh, the remainder of the month as well. The motorcycle ride coming up Sunday, September 4th. Can't say thanks enough to our friends at Wisconsin, Harley-Davidson, Potawatomi Hotel Casino, Bud Light, MKE Brewing, which is where it starts. Also, our friends at Growth Law, G-R-O-T-H, Growth Law. Go to growthlaw.com. Our friends at Buzzard Billy's out there in uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin, uh, Great Lakes Dragaway, and our friends, our newest friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers. They're in West Bend. Not only do they uh, teach guys how to buy, but also uh, they support veterans as well. So thanks to Andy Kane and his staff. They're just great people out there, not to mention the home of the Hearts on Fire Diamond. Beautiful diamonds, beautiful showroom. And uh, whether it's just walking in and looking around or setting up an appointment, they want to take the time to make sure that you are getting what you're paying for. That's our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers as well. Stay tuned. We wrap it up. Coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers continue to have practice in pads. How's the offense look so far this week? Quarterback Aaron Rodgers spoke at his locker after practice. I, mean, I think it's kind of gone how we thought it would go. You know, defense has been giving us uh, some issues up front. There's been some days where we've ran the ball really well. I thought, you know, we had a couple good periods yesterday, one-on-ones. I thought looked really, really good for us. I love, I love doing one-on-ones, and it's good for our young guys to go against veteran guys like we had matched up yesterday. Red zone drills, you know, usually favor the defense early in camp. I don't think we're doing a great job in some of the protection pickups, but the best part is there's a lot of film to correct. Coaches love that. Packers general manager Brian Goodekinst. We're six practices and you know what this team's going to be as we move forward is you know we got a lot of work to do. On paper I think there's um you know reason to be excited. Uh, and I like the way the guys are working, but um, we got a long way to get to that first game, and we're going to need some luck you know, to kind of stay healthy and, and, and get to where we need to be. But um, I do think you, know, you want to try to have a team that can win in multiple ways, right, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, and I think um, I think this team has the potential to do that. And former coach Mike Holmgren discussed why he thinks former Packers safety Leroy Butler will finally be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this weekend in Canton. Well, he's a leader, obviously. I've, aside from being a great football player you know a a very talented man he was a leader and I don't think I I, he didn't strike me as a a tremendously vocal guy running around doing everything but he was a leader when he had to be vocally and then also uh, his example on the field I'm sure he had bumps and bruises just like everyone else but he's a tough guy and then of course when he jumped into the stands that first time that kind of set the tone for years and years and years to come that's Mike Holmgren in Green Bay I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Final segment of the Bill Michaels Show before we get out of here. Oh, boy, we kind of opened the door. Every now and then, I, I should have done this earlier. I wish he would have asked me the question a little bit earlier. And uh, we're broadcasting live at day one of the Wisconsin State Fair. We're at the Budweiser Pavilion inside the Goose Island Ale House. Don't forget they have a tapping, a special keg tapping coming up at 3 o'clock this afternoon. If you're going to be out here at the Wisconsin State Fair, otherwise they do it each and every day with different brews and different selections and different craft brews. But uh, that's going on here today. And then so many other good things I'll run through real quick. But uh, so final words. So, Ben, you're going to like this. I'm going to save the, what I think is the best one for last because this is up your alley. I only, I, by best, I mean that you'll appreciate. 
Uh, so a gentleman just a couple of minutes ago came up and said, you know, he's talking to me, and then he said, hey, if you were to die, what would your last words be? What would your last phrase, memorable phrase be? And I'm, I'm like, I have no idea. It kind of left me dumbfounded. Dirk in Middleton writes, Aaron Rodgers, he would say, quote, that fell out of me too? After the poncha cleanse, I can only assume. I like that. Creative. Leon in West Dallas says, great counsels would say, I, um, it's going to be, um, and that's it. <laughs> That's good. So, That's good. I like that. Brandon in Mount Oreb says, Mark Atanasio would say, we wanted a World Series, but thanks for the money. There's a shot. Here's the last one. I think this was written specifically for you. Eddie in Middleton says, Paul Christ, we all go, but it's a team thing while you move around from this and that, but it's good. That's good. Well, the great thing about like being part of a too. team is it's made up of a bunch of individuals, right? You know, I, I don't agree with, you know, there's no I in team. I think the I is the best part of the team. You know, it's a, a team is cool because it's made up of all sorts of individuals, but the the there is a, something greater than yourself, and that is the team. There you go. That's it. <laughs> so. When that came across, I thought, oh, that's that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. There you go. Uh, coming up tomorrow on the program, going to be back at it. We're going to be broadcasting live back here at the Wisconsin State Fair, day two of the fair. But if you're coming out tonight and you're going to come by, uh, don't forget that this is one of the Sporky finalists at the Budweiser Pavilion. They've got the Flaming Hot Cheetos Chicken on a stick. So don't forget to pick that up. So today... Coming up at the fair, uh, you've got over at Big Sky Country, Jim Gaff and the Wild Coyote Tales. Don't forget at the Bud Pavilion, you got Madison County, Bella Kane, back-to-back. Madison County starting at 3, Bella Kane starting up 7.30 tonight. Over at the Camp Bar, our good buddy, friend of show, Miles Wangren Band coming up tonight, 8.45. you got the first wave over at the Charcoal Grill Roadhouse. Uh, you still got after hours tonight at the Double K Ranch. And Knuckleheads. Boot Jack Road going on this evening. Bobby Friss at Saz's coming up tonight. The Now coming up at Tavern on the Park. So a lot of good acts, a lot of good band. Rebel Grace at the uh, Sports Bar and Grill tonight as well if you want to catch them. So a lot of great acts, a lot of good stuff going on tonight. And on the main stage, Jamie Johnson this evening. And, uh, by the way, on the Bank 5-9 stage tonight, you got it's boy band night. Whatever the hell that means, but it's boy band night tonight. So. Isn't that right up your alley? No, nope, no. Nope. Bill is not staying for boy band night. Tomorrow night, you got Kansas with Asia. Asia's here tomorrow night. Kansas and Asia. That's not a bad double bill. I will not be here for it, uh, unfortunately, but that's not a bad double bill. So that's taking place tomorrow uh, here as well at uh, the Wisconsin State Fair. Then you've got Jeff Dunham, which is the mass humanity of puppetry. Coming up on Saturday, uh, DJ Shauna, also at the Bank 5-9 stage uh, on Saturday night as well. So that'll be kind of a house party. So that's it. Day one is in the books. We're back at it again tomorrow. If you're coming out to the Wisconsin State Fair tomorrow, come by and say hello. We certainly would appreciate it. Packers continue at training camp. Brewers right now up 3-1. to one. And uh, whatever else happens in the world of sports, we're going to be talking about tomorrow as well. By the way, final hour. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.